Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Since 2000, the following players have had at least 92 passing touchdowns and 56 or fewer interceptions in their first four seasons. So those are the numbers that Baker Mayfield has. First four years, 92 touchdowns, 56 interceptions. Other players who have numbers in that grouping, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, Josh Allen, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield. So that would be considered a pretty good start. Not a great start, but a pretty good start. Now I factor in four head coaches, four offensive coordinators, and you know maybe you, you have a sliding scale there of exactly what you got from Baker Mayfield. Now you also have the health factor in there with him playing through injury. Maybe he's healthy, ready to go. And this is a, a – it felt like it was a move that was rumored for quite some time because we kept thinking he's got to end up somewhere. Is it Seattle? Uh, maybe Pittsburgh? Was it going to be Carolina? And then finally, the Panthers pulled the trigger on this. Joe Person, he covers the Carolina Panthers. He's the beat writer for The Athletic, kind enough to join us on this topic on short notice. How's the uh, move been received there in Carolina, Joe? I think folks are mostly pretty excited about it. They uh, Panthers fans have, have seen – kind of a revolving door at quarterback since really since Ron Rivera left and Matt Rule came in. They made the decision, of course, to to cut ties with with Cam Newton. They did bring him back briefly last year uh, after Sam Darnold got hurt. But then it was Teddy Bridgewater. Then it was Darnold, who I just mentioned. And uh, it just it, it hadn't worked. I mean, they they have they have for one reason or another, none of those guys were, were helped by the fact 
that Christian McCaffrey's been injured the last two years, obviously, but they uh, they're going to keep swinging at the quarterback position. Obviously, they obvious they they drafted Matt Corral in the third round this year. Viewed him, Dan, as more of a developmental quarterback. The, the plan was never to rush him along. So uh, what you said is absolutely right. This, this felt like it was going to be inevitable, uh, beginning really on the second night of the draft when, when Cleveland and the Panthers were talking, mm. and it continued up through minicamp, and now finally the Panthers sort of put a 4th of July, July 5th actually deadline on it try to get it done, and they did. I'm just trying to figure out the strategy here because you keep, you know, you said they keep swinging, you know, trying to get a quarterback here. At some point, I got to blame the people trying to get the quarterback that they keep missing on this. I like Matt Corral a lot. Um, He kind of reminds me of a more athletic Baker Mayfield. And he's a third-round pick, so he's not expensive. And if Baker does well, you're going to have to pay him market value. Um, Sam Darnold, uh, is it a truly an open competition in your, your opinion that it's between those two to be the starting quarterback? Not really. I mean, they, they went and got, they went and got Baker because they didn't feel confident in Sam Darnold. I mean, obviously they, they tried to get Deshaun Watson. You just mentioned Corral and they're it, it, maybe it's open for the first week or so at, at training camp only because <laughs> Baker only because Baker's going to have to cram the, the playbook uh, and, and you know learn this Ben McAdoo offense in a pretty short period of time. Um, camp starts for the Panthers two weeks from today. Um, but yeah, I mean, and your point about about Matt Rule and and David Tepper, the owner, and and the general manager Scott Fitter is absolutely valid. I mean, th- this team has has the, the decision makers have have missed at the most important position uh, on the field, and if they they miss again, and it's probably going to cost Matt Rule his job, and yeah. could could mean Scott Fitter, who who did arrive a year after Rule, he could be in trouble too. How did Baker do with the media yesterday? It was interesting. I thought we were going to have all kinds of, of fireworks and uh, some 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 pretty juicy uh, quotes about Cleveland and getting disrespected. And it was very clear, even the way I mean, he was in a button-down shirt from what looked like his kitchen or dining room in, in his Austin, Texas home. And he was very buttoned up, <laughs> and that that was kind of how he, <laughs> yeah, that and that was how he came across, Dan. I, I think, I, I, and and I asked him the question. Obviously, you you mentioned the health and and the other concerns with Baker, and then the other thing is just you know, does he alienate a portion of the locker room, as some have reported, and. Of course, Mort's uh, you know report about uh, the adult in the room in Cleveland in the quarterback room, and so I said, "Will you do anything differently in Charlotte than you did in Cleveland?" And he, he I thought, thought he gave a pretty good answer. He said, "Look, I, there is a balance. Like I, I think what I learned is not to to make everything so public when things are going poorly or if there's uh, an issue with a teammate." He said, "But I also." Uh, you know, I can't change who I am, and I, I have to bring the swagger. 
or or I'm not going to be the guy, the quarterback I need to be. It, you know, these things always get more attention and get heightened when a team's not winning, like Cleveland last year. And so I think that'll be the, the case. I mean, are the Panthers going to win? Uh, then maybe folks are overlooking or, or able to sweep some of that under the rug. Or maybe Baker changes. We'll see. Like when Cam Newton came back last year, Dan, he said he was a more mature, a more humble guy from what he had gone through in New England, having to wait and take a, a prove-it type contract. And we'll, we'll see if the same could, can be true of Baker Mayfield. What about Christian McCaffrey? Well, he looks good. I mean, well, he always looks but, good, but th- those, are, those are usually poses with his shirt off with his girlfriend <laughs> in some faraway exotic island. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, no doubt about it. Um, he, listen, there, he had an interesting phone call this offseason where he, he, he proactively called Marshall Falk. And if you look at Marshall's numbers, around year five, year six, Marshall went to three straight Pro Bowls, I think an all-pro three straight years, had some of his most productive seasons. And he called him two because, as you know, he's a very similar player, catching the ball out of the backfield, lining up in the slot occasionally, and running the ball. And I caught up with Falk in Charlotte. He was in Charlotte for a speaking appearance a couple weeks ago. And I said, what'd you tell Christian? Because Christian didn't want to get too into it. And he said, you know, it just comes a time where you have to train a little differently. You have to practice a little differently. If they're trying to give you the day off, take it. Don't be, you know, don't feel like you have to be the, the you know, it, it's okay even as a team leader, like, oh, you're giving me the, this Wednesday off, take it. And then Falk said, too, and, and this dovetails a little bit with what you were talking about, McCaffrey with his shirt off, is Marshall said when he was playing, he takes his shirt off. People weren't sure if he was a professional <laughs> athlete. But, but he trained. He was, he was more into yoga, Pilates, that kind of thing, mm. rather than bulking up. And I think he shared a lot of that with Christian McCaffrey. Well, if uh, if Christian is going to follow Marshall Falk's uh, path for success, he should join the Rams just like Marshall did where he was with the best offense in football. That certainly helped. He's in Carolina, and uh, they're going to ask him to do a whole a whole lot. And I, I just I wouldn't have signed him to the contract extension. Never a running back. I don't want you for another contract. But uh, if they can use him in a different way, uh, you know, but if, but if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm like, hey, Christian, can you help me? <laughs> can, you help, right. can you help me get a new contract here? Uh, so I, I don't know if he's able to change the role that he's going to play on that team because it feels like the role that Christian McCaffrey is going to play is even larger now than, uh, than it was before. That became a talking point uh, kind of during the offseason. I mean, it's been a talking point for two years, but it popped up again, OTA's minicamp. And Matt Rule, there was some talk, will Christian play more in the slot, Christian McCaffrey? And Rule said unequivocally, yeah, we might do that some, he said, but he's a running back, and and he's one of the, the best in the game when healthy. And you're right. I mean, last year they did not play him at all during the preseason. 
And he's not going to play this summer either, at least in the three exhibitions. Where they ran – here's where I think it started to go bad for Christian last year is they had two home games, both of which they won, uh, the second of which was New Orleans. He got like 28 touches as he had in week one. And four days later, he's on the field at Houston. On a th- in a Thursday night game and, and pops his hamstring. And I just think that he kind of went from zero to 60, yeah. having not had any game action in the preseason. So they got to figure something out because you're right. I mean, Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or any quarterback you want to pop in there has to have McCaffrey for the majority of the games for this offense to be successful. Well, Joe, Carolina got interesting. I don't know if you got any better, but you certainly got more interesting. So uh, always great to talk to you, and uh, thank you. All right, Dan. Have a good summer. Thank you, Joe. That's Joe Person, Carolina Panthers beat writer for The Athletic. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. 
It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. We'll update the poll results. More phone calls coming up. Always great to have Brian Winhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer, joining us on the program. I have... And I got to be in the minority here, Brian. I still think there's a chance that KD stays in Brooklyn. How much of that would be based in reality from what you know? That's the um, sort of position that the Nets are now sort of floating out there. Um, they don't like their offers. And, you know, it's, it's a complex reason why Durant isn't getting higher offers He's obviously a very valued player, but there just hasn't been a bidding war developed for him because of various reasons. And so now they are indicating that there may be retrenching. And we have a story in the New York Post this morning, um, quoting a source close to Kyrie Irving that says, Kyrie wants to go back to Brooklyn. He never asked for a trade. He's fine with it. I find that story to be credible, (laughs) at least based on what Kyrie's feeling is now. What we don't have is what Kevin Durant thinks about that possibility because he started all this when he asked for a trade. Um, My instinct is to say that this is posturing from the Nets and that they're saying, fine, you won't give us what we want. We'll just keep our guys and we'll, 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 we'll we'll play it out and we could beat you anyway. And I I have to admit that that is a possibility, but again, my instinct is still that it's a posture. Has Kevin Durant said why he wants out of Brooklyn? Not publicly. I mean, I've heard some of the reasons he gave privately. I'm not going to say them now because I can't verify them. But if your point is what was like his ironclad good reason, I haven't heard one that I thought was like, okay, that's a good reason. I just don't understand it. He got a team. Even if Kyrie leaves, you got the coach you wanted. I, I, I'm, you got your contract. I mean, that was 11 months ago, so I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened or the realization or the epiphany, but it, that's what I would love for somebody to ask KD. 
And that's maybe one of the reasons why the Nets are taking this position. I think, I think they probably thought, okay, if he doesn't want to be here, fine. We're going to go out and make a Herschel Walker trade. We're going to get picks that people are going to be talking about for years. And we're going to be getting three or four players that can maybe help us now, even if it's not a superstar. And we're going to, we're going to be a much more gritty team that may compete for the playoffs and has a great looking future. And that offer didn't come. And so now they're like, well, what would be the harm in trying to run this back? Um, I still think they were so miserable at the end of last year. And this whole thing started because they were like, we can't accept the status quo. And they started out with the hard line negotiating position against uh, Kyrie Irving on a new contract. But I have to say, they were offering him a new contract. Now we can debate. We don't know what that offer was, but Kyrie rejected it. We can debate. Maybe this has happened to you in your career, Dan. I've certainly seen it to other people. Maybe it'll happen to me someday. When you're getting offered a contract, they don't really want you to take, but they say they offer it to you. But they did offer him a contract. So I can't say that the Nets rejected the entire concept of having Kyrie on the team. But it doesn't feel to me like they wanted that scenario to play out again. I guess we'll have to wait and see. How do these rumors about KD going to Golden State, wait, how does that come to the forefront? It's a good question. Um, in my case, there's legitimate sources in the league telling me that it's a discussion. Um, I think, first off, I think that the Warriors always believe in open throttle. Um, the Warriors have shown that they don't care what they spend. They spent $350 million this year on this team. And the Warriors have shown that they aren't afraid to do Like, they went out and got Durant in the first place before last season. Now, granted, they didn't know if they had a championship team. They know now they do. They kicked the tires on Bradley Beal. Like, they were like, hey, can we do a deal for Bradley Beal? Beal didn't want to go. There was this period where Westbrook thought Beal might ask for a trade. And Beal didn't. And then Westbrook did. <laughs> Westbrook got tired of waiting and then asked for a trade out of Washington. And um, so it's just, you know, this is the way they go about it. I also think it says a lot about Steph Curry, um, that Steph was willing to uh, subjugate to Durant in the past. And this has been a discussion inside the Warriors organization. Curry has been asked about it. And Curry gave a non-answer. We didn't shut it down. He didn't say hell no, which... He has every right to do it. Be like, no, I just won the finals MVP. No, we do not need to do Kevin Durant. We need to bring our team back together and try to repeat. And I think most importantly, forget about sources. Let's just go to Joe Lacob. He does this interview, this podcast interview with The Athletic over, like this was late last week. A year ago, he did the same you know, podcast with Tim Kawakami, same host. He trusts him, obviously. And he was asked about Ben, ben Simmons was on the trade block. And he said, what about Ben Simmons? And he goes, he basically said, hell no. We're not trading for Ben Simmons. And he was fined $50,000 for saying Ben Simmons' name. But he said, hell no. <laughs> so let's, again, listen to actions. This time he's asked about Kevin Durant. He does never uses the word no. In fact, he won't even say the word, the name Kevin Durant, because he's learned that he can't say the name or it'll cost you money. So he doesn't say the name, but he doesn't say no. So do I think it's likely? Do I think it's, you know, on the, on the, on the pie chart of things to happen? Do I think it's a big slice? I don't. But I also don't think that I should dismiss it based on what I'm being told. All right. If you're LeBron James, what are you thinking right now? So he's got an interesting um, 
card in the deck, which is his contract extension. He is he has never applied contract pressure to the Lakers. He applied contract pressure regularly to the Cavs. He signed three contracts over four years there. They were always under pressure. He went to Lakers, signed a four-year deal straight out of the gate, then two years into it, signed an extension with no option in it. So, you know, the Lakers have never had to worry about LeBron James and his contract. Well, now he's on the last year. And he can he can extend, and he can't even extend until mid-August, which is a sort of a product of the way the pandemic played out, but also convenient for him because he gets to see the Lakers whole offseason basically before he gets to do it. And so the question for him is, of course he wants the Lakers to improve. Would he like to add Kyrie Irving in place of Russell Westbrook? I don't think that's a controversial statement. Of course he would. Is it Would he prefer Kyrie Irving other than the other 400 players in the league? No, I'm sure there'd be many more players he'd like to play with, but they, uh, they can't get those guys. They can maybe get Kyrie Irving. So the question is, does he make it an issue in his contract extension talks? I don't know the answer. I don't know if he's decided the answer. If I'm the Lakers, I'm sitting there going, I've made an offer for Kyrie Irving. If they don't like my offer, tough luck, because there's nobody else bidding on him. Why should I increase my offer? The, the offer is going to be there today. It will still be there in October. It might still be there on January 1st. It might still be there on February 1st. Why should I throw in picks and everything like that? So why should I bid against myself? And I can frankly see that Lakers position. And if you're, especially if Kyrie starts at some point to push back and say, now I want out of here and becomes the miserable person that the, the Nets didn't want, uh, where they'll take any way to get rid of him. And then you say, well, does LeBron make an issue of that in his contract? I don't think LeBron likes the feeling of being partially blamed for the Russell Westbrook trade. And we've seen a giant game of hot potato. And that was, no, it was him. No, it was him. No, it was him. No, it was her. But LeBron absolutely had a role in that. And so I'm not sure he wants to be perceived as the guy who's banging down the door you better trade me. You better get me Kyrie Irving or else I'm not signing this. I'm not sure that's the way he wants to play it. Even at his age, I'm not sure that's that's what is on his mind. And we'll have to watch and see how, how that plays out. Ryan Winhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer, explain to me what the Jazz are doing. Rebuilding. And as soon as they made that Royce O'Neal trade, the day Durant asked for a trade and that got buried, that was a complete clarion call, canary in the coal mine, whatever you want to say, what they were doing. And no matter what they've said uh, to other teams, no one has ever not believed they were going to trade both of them, if they could. I mean, you're not going to trade them for nothing. And then they get a giant haul for Rudy Gobert, and now they want a giant haul for Donovan Mitchell. And my, my guess is, and again, let's judge them on their actions. Let's not judge them on their words. Forget what Danny Andrews said publicly. Let's judge on their actions. They have traded two star, two starting players, one of them a star, this offseason, both of them for draft picks. The players that they got back from Minnesota are all role players on expiring contracts. They were going to want draft picks. And, you know, Miami can offer them players and a couple of draft picks. Um, you know, you could do a Donovan Mitchell trade to Brooklyn as part of a three or four team deal where they would get Ben Simmons back because Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons can't be on the same team with their, their contract rules. But again, let's judge it by their actions. Their actions is they want draft picks and the players will take the player if he's okay, but we want the picks. The Knicks have the picks and, you know, executives in the league believe 
that this everything that the Jazz are going to do between now and when they trade Donovan Mitchell is an effort to get the Knicks to pay the most premium price. Yeah, I you know I know that we love for click uh, clicks to say the Lakers and Knicks whenever it's hey somebody could be traded and uh, somebody could be signed. It's always Knicks and Lakers. I I really feel like the Knicks they seem like they're the real player in here for Donovan Mitchell and. You know, he was from Greenwich or the Greenwich area, and I don't know if he cares about playing for the Knicks, but, you know, you got Brunson in there. If they keep R.J. Barrett, um, feels like that they could actually have something there. Yeah, I mean, um, the Knicks have eight first-round picks that they're allowed to trade. Uh, four are their own and four are other teams. Um, and, again, let's just be honest here if you're going to trade for a team's draft picks, you know, unprotected picks, the Knicks are a good team to trade for. They have not shown an ability to build a consistent winner. If you owned their draft, now they'd never get lucky in the lottery, (laughs) but if you've owned their draft picks for the last 20 years, you'd have like a whole bunch of lottery picks. So again, if you're the jazz, you're thinking, can we get the heat involved enough? Can we get, the Nets and Suns and a three-way trade involved enough to get the Knicks to make a crazy bid. Uh, you know, they got the, the, the Timberwolves to pay a huge price for Gobert, all these unprotected picks and stuff. And nobody's really sure. I mean, there were teams who were definitely talking to them about Gobert. There were other teams interested, but no team willing to pay that price. They, they were able to achieve an incredible premium without getting the bidding war. They might actually get a bidding war for Donovan Mitchell. But I think the Knicks, if if they value him, you know, to this level, I think the Knicks can get it done. Um, now, we can debate on how much better that makes them. I think they missed the play-in tournament by like six games last year, uh, if I recall. So even if Donovan Mitchell helps them win seven more games, which would be a huge number for any player to come in. You bring in LeBron James in his prime, maybe he's winning you – 12 more games. I mean, to ask for that kind of spread would be outsized even for Donovan Mitchell. But let's just say he is awesome next year and they win seven more games. He's responsible for seven more wins. You're still in the play-in tournament. Do you you trade five first-round picks for a player like that? And the answer for the Knicks, who've been searching for a star since Carmelo was in his prime, the answer, Dan, may be yes. And that's what I think the Jazz are going to put them to the test on. Could you run the Knicks better than the Knicks are being run? I would take a very fat consulting fee to come in and make suggestions and then leave. Um, But I'll tell you (laughs) one thing I would instantaneously do is I would move their headquarters out of Westchester, out of Westchester because repeatedly I talk to agents and players who complain about that. Uh, I, I, I don't under the, all these players want to live in the city and they've t- completely taken the advantages of the city out of it. Uh, and it's, I don't know how big of a factor it is, but it's a contributing factor to, um, to, uh, to, to why they've struggled with free agents. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, just, they're a sleeping giant and it's, it's really unbelievable that the league has had the success it's had when their team and their biggest market has been so freaking bad. And for that stretch in the 2010s, LeBron and Steph Curry carried the NBA. They were getting 30 million viewers for finals games, 30 million. 
in a league where the Lakers and Knicks were routine, the Lakers, Knicks, and Bulls were missing the playoffs. Yeah. Year after year after year. It, the Knicks not being good has been like a weight on the NBA's ankle. And so if you're the Knicks and you say, well, listen, the top end, if you trade for Donovan Mitchell with, with, with uh, Jalen Brunson, maybe you have a great season and you win 48 games. That would, that's a dream. If they could get multiple seasons of mid to high 40 wins and have a chance to win a playoff series, like, is that going to make anybody forget uh, the 70s Knicks who won the titles? No, but it would be a departure from where they've been for 20 years. They've won one playoff series in my adult lifetime, basically. <laughs> I think you think you could run the Knicks better than the Knicks are being run. I wouldn't take the job. I would take, I would take <laughs> a consulting fee, but I would, I would not take the job. I don't care how much money. Has LeBron ever yelled at you? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, yelled, like screamed, like he would scream at his son. No. <laughs> But he's been mad at me. Let me tell you about the time where my newspaper, I didn't have anything to do with this, but <laughs> my, when, he, when he bought a house as a rookie in Akron, Ohio, he, and the, uh, the Akron Beacon Journal, where I worked at the time, ran the address of the house that he had just bought. Now, obviously, it wasn't going to stay secret forever, but they, not only did they run the address, but they put a map, a graphic map, just in case you wanted to drive by it like that oh, afternoon. Boy. Here's how you get there. Let's just say... He didn't like that. Uh, and there have been times where he's been pretty upset at me. Um, so it happens in the course of, uh, you know, I've, I've seen him through, I've, I've seen him through go some of his worst times and some of his best times. So I was there the, I wasn't in the hospital or anything, but I was there the night his son, Bronny was born and he was having to explain to me, he had to, you know, he was leaving training camp and he had to explain why he was leaving, leaving training camp. And like, he, an interview was arranged and he told me, you know, he, he didn't know his father. And he told me that he was going to give his son his name, which he's later said he's regretted, which is why he goes by Bronny instead of Bron, LeBron Jr. And um, he told me that he was going to be the father to this son that he, that he didn't have. And that's sort of maybe a cliche thing that you do if you grow up without a father, but he's done it. Look at the kind of father he's been to Bronny. And he's worked, he's dedicating part of his career here to be there so that he can help Bronny potentially get into the NBA and be successful in the NBA. I mean, um, you know, so that sort of journey, those sorts of things. Yeah. There's been individual moments. I remember going to him after the game uh, four of the 2016 finals where the Cavs fell down three, one. And I remember looking on my phone and see, cause we didn't know in the moment that Draymond had hit LeBron in between the legs there. It was like sort of after the game, people started looking at the video and, you know, the, the, the locker room was dead, Dan, dead. And I walked over with the video and showed him on my phone, the video. And I remember him watching it and then pushing the scroll bar back and watching it two or three times. I don't even think he knew that Draymond had hit him there. If he did, he'd forgotten it. And, you know, he, you know, I just remember like those moments when he was at his lowest and, and that, uh, and how he was like, wait a minute, something might happen here. So that's the stuff that I remember more than, you know, the stories that I wrote that pissed him off or stuff I said that pissed him off. Um, you know, his relationship with the media has changed a lot over the years. Now he is the media. Um, it's a little bit different. He doesn't quote unquote need the media like he used to. So the relationship is different, but, um, those are the, those are the moments I'll remember stuff like that. Always great to talk to you, Brian. I know you've been busy. Thank you very much for making time. Have a great week, Dan. That's Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer.
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS, all in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL. Featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. 
some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. They got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Let's make way for uh, one of our favorites, David Ferretti. Uh, you can catch Tiger, Rory, and all the uh, coverage from NBC, the 150th Open Championship from St. Andrews in Scotland. And uh, their coverage uh, today through Sunday, NBC, USA Network, Peacock, Tiger, featured in Thursday's exclusive featured groups. So they got uh, Rory at uh, almost 5 o'clock Eastern, uh, 5 a.m. Eastern. And uh, Tiger goes off at 9.59 a.m. Eastern. Jordan Spieth and uh, John Rahm will follow that at uh, 10.10. So we bring in uh, David Ferretti, who joins us from uh, the old court. Well, no. Where are you right now? I'm in the toilet. Because? Well, it's the most spacious area of my room, Dan, here in St. Andrews. And, uh, you know, what can you expect for 1500 bucks a night in Scotland <laughs> at this time? Is it a historical toilet? It's actually very nicely appointed, and it's not the sort of Victorian plumbing that you might expect. <laughs> it's, it's been done up. Uh, how's the old course going to hold up this week? You know, it, it depends on the wind, Dan, um, which is... You know, perhaps I better rephrase that, given where I am. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it has blown pretty strongly today. And if we get that breeze, the crosswinds, um, it, it could hold up pretty well because it's hard and it's fast. Um, and that's exactly the way you want to see St. Andrews play. It's burnt out in places. It's in beautiful condition, but it needs the wind. Do you remember the last time you played that course? I remember the last time I played it in com in competition. Yeah. Yes. How'd you do? Um, well, uh, I was the captain of the Irish side that won the Dunhill Cup, which was then the three-man world team championship. And oddly enough, <laughs> the last time I was in this hotel, I was looking for a ball. <laughs> um, having won the Dunhill Cup in 1990, the Irish team collectively decided to play the last hole at three o'clock in the morning. And uh, I managed to hit it straight right off the uh, off the 18th tee into the Rusak's Marine Hotel, which is where I'm staying, <laughs> and, and broke a window on the ground floor. So that, that's one of my lasting memories of uh, of St Andrews. What would be your headline right now going into the Open Championship? Wow. The headline, well, you know, there's a couple of players there that uh, you, you've got to really think about. And Will Zalatoris is one of them. He's played so incredibly well uh, in the majors. Um, and, uh, Fitzpatrick, Matthew Fitzpatrick, you know, having won the U.S. Open uh, is from. But I, to be honest, I, I really like Dustin Johnson this week. I was watching him on the range today. And uh, he played well the last time out in the live event. And he's, he's as hungry as I've seen him for a long time. You know, he fell outside the top 10 in the world there, and uh, he doesn't like that at all. Uh, and he's such a talented player, so long. Um, he's got everything that a player would need to win here at St. Andrews. 
What do you think would be the story or the fallout if Dustin Johnson did win this as a member of the Live Tour? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Um, it's impossible to say. Uh, you know, it has legs. There's no question about that, Dan. Um, this is a tour that's not going to go away. Um, so one way or the other, they're going to have to find a way to deal with it, whether or not, uh, you know, they incorporate it into, a, you know, where the wraparound season is or, you know, there, there's been various ideas floated out, um, you know, to ignore it completely, to uh, incorporate it somehow. Uh, I, you know, your guess is as good as mine on that one. It really is up in the air. Yeah, I just wonder if if can you embrace it because it feels like they want to keep taking players away. They're going to go from what eight tour events to fourteen tour events. Yes. So, so I it it feels like it's going to be harder to work in conjunction with the PGA Tour, like a partnership. Well, you know, we have that wraparound um, series where you know there, there's about maybe 16 weeks where the, the top events in the player uh, top events uh, or the top players in the world don't play those events. So there's that potential gap in the schedule where, you know, this may fit in. Um, that's the only possibility that I can see, you know, when, when they run uh, these events concurrently with the uh, PGA tour and DP world tour uh, and the other professional tours around the world, I, I'm, I, I don't know how that's going to work. We're talking to David Faraday joining us from uh, his bathroom. I think you're sitting on the toilet, on the loo. On the loo. On, on, on the, the loo. Uh, yeah. on, on, on the loo. Uh, Tiger had this event circled. He's won it twice there. Why does this course fit Tiger Woods? You know, well, every course fits Tiger Woods. But this <laughs> one, um, I think he just loves it so much. He loves the place. Uh, he fell in love with it the first time that he played with it, with his father. Um, it, it's, a, it's a magical event uh, in, in a magical town. And, you know, Scottish and Irish and, and some uh, English and Welsh golf, you know, golf in the British Isles, they have these courses where the town has actually grown up around the golf course. St Andrews is a really good example of it. Prestwick is another um, you know, where the town actually wraps its arms around it. You know, when somebody says St. Andrews, you don't think of the university, you, you think of the golf course. You know, and it's such an integral part of the culture. Um, and I think he fell in love with that the first time he came here. And you bring up a great point. You really have to embrace this kind of style of golf because if you try to fight it, uh, it, it it's going to come back and bite you. Yeah, I mean, Rory McIlroy hated the place the first time, the first time he came out. Uh, and played here, you know, and, and gradually just grew to love it. Everyone who comes here, uh, if you come here often enough, you know, you'll fall in love with the place. The, there, there's this kind of a mystique to St. Andrews that doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, if, if you're out first thing in the morning, you know, when there's still a little mist in the air and the shadows are filling the, the hollows and the, the swales and, and the shadows in the bunkers, whatever, it, it really is. You can imagine that they've been playing golf here since the 1400s. <laughs> this golf course was designed by sheep. <laughs> you once said the world's number one tennis player spends 90% of his time winning, while the world's number one golfer spends 90% of his time losing. Golfers are great losers. Do you have to almost, I don't know if it's like a relief pitcher, where you may go in and you may give up a home run and then you got to come back the next day. Like you have to forget about that. Like, yeah. Uh, your thoughts on that. 
You do. I, I don't think there's another game that you, that forces you to live in the present more than golf. Um, it's uh, if you let your mind wander back to what has happened, or if you let your mind wander forwards to what you hope will happen, you know you're not paying attention to the here and now. Uh, and it's th those players that that can you know focus on the space that they occupy, and and. Uh, you know, concentrate on on just the actual physical act of what you know, not not worrying where the ball is going to go, where it might go here, it might go there. Just pay attention to the actual act itself. You know, and to do that, you have to stay in the present. What's the strangest thing you ever thought of while you were playing, standing over a, a shot? Oh, wow, that is a large catalog right there. <laughs> Yeah, the strangest thing I ever thought of. I I, I don't know. There, there's been a few. I remember standing over a putt to win um, in uh, in South Africa, uh, and uh, I was wondering what my my at, at the time wife and I ex-wife, thank you, be thank you to God, um, was up to. Uh, no, which uh, which wasn't a great thought. And uh, I did miss the putt. Wait, you you were wondering what your ex-wife was doing at the time, perhaps? Yes, and I was wondering what she was doing it with. <laughs> <laughs> but she got half of your second place check, didn't she? No, she got all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't mean to bum you out. I was just curious if. Uh... Oh no, no, no! Believe me, it's the best thing ever happened to me. <laughs> she missed the cut. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm still going. Uh, what are you doing with these uh, these events? These nine hole skin matches. What? Well, uh, what was the uh, genesis for this? Well, the genesis for it, uh, you know, and we call them the Faraday Classics, which is massive hyperbole, you know, for the event that it is. It's just nine, nine hole skins game. Um, and we've just done two of them, one in Ottawa with Daniel Alfredson, you know, the Ottawa Senator legend up there uh, with Ben Roethlisberger and uh, with Emmett Smith. And then we had Ben and Emmett in uh, Toronto with Curtis Joseph. And uh, we play a nine hole skins game. We raised $50,000 for charity. Um, I do an interview on stage uh, of, of the uh, four guys, Pat Perez is the PGA Tour player, and uh, it's uh, three against one in the skins game. They all try to beat Pat, and you know th these are some pretty good players. They have no chance against a PGA Tour player in the skins game. Uh, I think uh, of the 18 holes that we played so far, Pat has won 12 <laughs> or 13. Uh, I think it is, and. Uh, and then I do about 45 minutes of stand-up uh, at the end of the evening. So that's the, uh, it, it came to, uh, about because I did a similar event with Tiger down at Blue Jack Golf Club, uh, which I think was the first course that he uh, designed. And he and Mark O'Meara played a little exhibition match, and I did some commentary on the golf course, you know, with lavalier mics and, and speakers on cards so people could hear the banter between them. So it's really been a lot of fun. Who was your idol? Uh Comedy-wise, growing up, who, do you model yourself after anybody? Uh, you know, I, I'd have to say Billy Connolly, uh, the great Scottish comedian. Uh, if you Google him, you know, you, you'll see Billy Connolly. But uh, also, you know, George Carlin, uh, Richard Pryor, uh, people that, uh, 
that were uh, on television even when I was growing up. Uh, and uh, I, my, my comedy career has, has been over the last seven years uh, only. Uh, I never thought that it would happen. Uh, and I played, you know, around 200 gigs now around the country in smaller theaters to, you know, cross sort of between 600 and 1,500 people. And uh, around golf tournaments, I try to organize them in the general vicinity. So I've got kind of a captive audience for uh, the sort of uh, corporate entertainment that uh, that kind of event offers. It's great to talk to you. Hope you're doing well and uh, be on your best behavior. Uh, You know it, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. And flush. Yeah, hang on. Oh, no, it's a floater. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. See you, bud. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon, I hope. That might be a first, I'm guessing. Paulie, check your records. Uh, if we had anybody flush their toilet while they've been on the uh, I think show. that's first. Yeah. Uh, he's unique, that's for sure. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or Rent Frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. From the versatile EQB to the sublime EQS sedan, Mercedes-Benz makes electric extraordinary. The vehicle's all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice is yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 